Hey everybody and welcome back to the It's a Mind Game podcast. My name is Jade and today I'm so delighted to be welcoming back the fabulous Claudia because it has been such a long time and I love our chats together. Welcome my dear friend. Thank you Jade, overly excited to be here like always. I'm always looking forward to chatting with you and the podcast is one of the many excuses for the two of us to talk forever. <laughs> oh, I feel my cheeks hurting already just because I'm so excited <laughs> to have a chat with you and we've been chatting for the last 20 minutes anyway, <laughs> but there's still not enough. Um, but we're pretty excited about today's discussion because we want to talk about PCOS misdiagnosis and HA because it's actually a lot more common than what women realize. And a really good example is actually one of the ladies in our HA community that kind of fell into the community by accident. Um, so I'm going to give a bit of a debrief as to her history and then we can kind of talk about how everything come about because I just feel like it's something that would be happening to a lot of women and they've got no idea because obviously you don't know what you don't know. And if you're not being adequately guided by medical professionals, it's really easy to fall into the same sort of traps. Um, so essentially B, let's call her B, she lost her period in May, 2021, but that was the second time. So she originally lost it in 2019, had a few cycles and then lost it again. At that point, when she first lost it, she was calorie counting and intermittent fasting. Then in 2020, 21, she was walking and bike riding because the gyms were shut. So see lockdowns, we all know about that. Um, then in December, 2021, still no period, gyms opened, training seven days a week, still calorie counting, intermittent fasting, um, and training was always in the morning fasted. In April, so four months later, stopped calorie counting. So calories definitely increased, but was still... She says slightly intermittent fasting. So I'm just reading notes that she's given of, of our timeline um, and was only going to the gym four to five days a week. Then in May, a month later, went and sought medical assistance, was diagnosed with PCOS, which I'm pretty sure was blood work and ultrasound. Um, went on a pill thing, which I'm pretty sure was Clomid to get a withdrawal bleed. Nothing happened, right? So I happened to put out a post on our gym that I work from in Essendon saying that I was going to do uh, like a personal training pack, hormone cycling, um, pretty much programming to complement your cycle and any kind of cycle dysfunction. And thankfully she sent me a DM going, oh my gosh, I just got diagnosed with PCOS. Like I want to sort this out. I want to be functioning optimally, blah, blah, blah. Super excited to have her jump on board. Client intake form filled in, heard a little bit about her story. And obviously as a PT mindset coach, I can't diagnose anything, but I'm just listening and hearing some red flags and suggested that she have a chat with you, Claudia. And thankfully she was so receptive to having a chat with you, sharing some blood work because needless to say, our dear friend, client B got her period back within, I'm pretty sure it was five or six weeks of yeah. having a conversation with us and implementing a few little tweaks. And Full disclosure on this situation as well is she got introduced to Claudia. She was still personal training with me. Training pretty much stayed the same, nutritional tweaks. And she's now had three recovery periods going on to four or five. Um, but just to highlight the severity of period dysfunction, PCOS diagnosis, by chance had a conversation with me who happens to know about HA, by chance was happy to talk to Claudia 
and learn a little bit more and look at where we are now. We have a full cycle. Was it by chance though? (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, Um, I say it was like perfectly aligned, but more by chance because it could have been so, like if that promo hadn't have been run or whatever else, it's so easy to go, oh, well, I've just got PCOS. Like I've just, it's so common. Okay, now I'm going to have regular cycles. I'm going to have infertility issues. It's so easy to just kind of surrender to that diagnosis. Mm-hmm. And client B, as you named her, she was very receptive as well. So I remember that we had our first conversation and she was happy to implement all the changes from supplement, nutrition, training, sleeping, mindset. She did it all, which is why she got her period back so very quickly. But I have to say that I've noticed a, a pattern lately because she is already the fourth woman coming in the community this year misdiagnosed PCOS with PCOS, they started working with us. And after years of not getting the period, got the period back or got pregnant within a very short amount of time. So client B only seven weeks, the the quickest, absolutely. But then uh, we had Ashley that she was on, on my live with me yesterday and also Jess that she was part of your podcast. They got the period back within three to four months top. And I just also uh, got pregnant very quickly. Um, and I had a chat with a, a new lovely uh, woman yesterday, misdiagnosed with PCOS three years ago. Three years ago. So she went on following this crazy supplement and, and diet, uh, supplement regime and diet and training routine that was completely counterproductive for her body. Um, she couldn't get pregnant, she couldn't get her period back. And she came to see me because she was completely desperate. And after looking at her blood test results, it was very clear that it wasn't PCOS. And professionally, I cannot diagnose, but there is something that I think that the medical system is failing at slightly nowadays. And it's listening, listening to what the women are saying. Because while you were reading through a client B story, it was very uh, um, clear to me that that wasn't PCOS. It wasn't the story of someone that was suffering from PCOS. And truth to be told, there are many different types of PCOS. And we have lots of slim women nowadays suffering from it because unfortunately we live in a world where we are bombarded with pollutants and fake hormones from a very young age. But still, if someone has a past history of disorder behaviors, is training very often, has has lost a dramatic amount of weight in a very short period of time, has done the fasting, well, that's not PCOS. Unless, unless the blood test, the ultrasound, and uh, the physical appearances and the diet is telling you so. Um, did that make sense or did I get you completely lost? <laughs> no, no, that, that was a perfect explanation. And as you said, it's like there is definitely different forms of PCOS and it's a condition to be monitored and, and worked on for optimal health. But it's just more, it's really important to determine whether you do fall into the PCOS category or you do fall into the HA category. And as you said, there's certain things when you read that story of client B and how things sort of progressed for me, from the personal training side of things and knowing what I know now about HA is as soon as I heard intermittent fasting, training faster, calorie counting, I was like, 
little mini explosions just went red off. flags because, yeah absolutely especially for females in particular I was like oh I'm not sure about this and there tends to be a trend and you'd obviously be much better at uh, attending to this thought anyway is that a lot of women that have true PCOS it tends to be diagnosed a lot earlier on in life sort of when the menstrual cycle kicks in maybe the first few years versus having a relatively really normal cycle and then all of a sudden getting PCOS um Mm -hmm. can that I guess perhaps be a flag to look out for if someone isn't sure about what's going on and probably that's a better question to lead to is if someone's on the fence of going, well, I've been told I've got PCOS, but I hear this HA stuff, I don't know. What are some things that could prompt more questioning on what you could actually have? Well, first of all, I would encourage women to go and see a GP and ask for diagnosis. a diagnosis to, to ask the GP, why do you think that this PCOS? Why do you think that that's what I'm suffering from? And have you excluded everything else? Um, have you looked at my training routine? Do you want to know more about my weight, my relationship with food? Have you checked my thyroid? And also be open with your GP. Um, tell everything to your medical provider, how well you're sleeping, how stressed you are, because possibly your diagnosis is going to change like in the drop of a hat if you start sharing your story and be open without fearing the medical provider that ultimately is there to give you a service. So I feel that as women, especially, we are still very scared of standing up in front of uh, specialists, GPs, and uh, people like that, professionals like that, which is really a pity because they're there to give us a service and um, to protect us and to help us through our hurdle. So take advantage of your 15 minutes consult. If you're unsure, book in a 30 minutes consult. You know, go to a bulk billing clinic, bring your your ultrasound, your blood test results, and start asking questions. And uh, and be quite, uh, if you want to sound like a broken record, please do so. Ask the same question over and over again until you feel completely confident by the time that you leave um, the doctor room, basically. And in terms of answering, answering your question, I've noticed that women with PCOS, they tend to get a period every three to six months. And uh, also before losing their menstrual cycle, also in the past, they suffer from very irregular and long, longer cycles. Women with hypothermic amenorrhea, they tend to have normal or long cycle until they, um, they lose it completely for an extended period of time, which is normally above the six months mark. Um, the blood test results in terms of PCOS and hypothalamic amenorrhea, I know that we have discussed that on a previous podcast and maybe you can um, connect this podca- podcast to the previous one. So we are not going to repeat the same, um, the same informations over and over again. But um, PCOS and hypothalamic amenorrhea, they look very different uh, in terms of blood work, especially when it comes to LH, FSH and the ratio between LH and FSH and also androgens. Some women are diagnosed because of follicles in their ovary. Um, And I think that we need a new term for PCOS because PCOS stands for polycystic ovarian syndrome. And most women, especially if they're suffering from hypothalamic amenorrhea, they have polycystic ovaries, but they do not have PCOS. Um, So 
what I'm trying to say here is whenever you see a medical provider, bring all the information, bring all your questions. And uh, yeah, and I would just take a pause at the moment, take a break and, uh, and just make sure that I've not completely lost track of your question and uh, if I'm still making sense. No, you absolutely are. And I guess what comes to mind is that idea of if you're not confident with your GP's response to your questions, you have every right to ask to see a specialist, i.e. gynecologist, um, or someone who specializes in female health, that you will have a more confident outlook on what's going on. And, you know, we've seen multiple times, and that's where um, I always recommend women working with the both of us because you can read the blood work, you can address the nutritional elements, you can see things that let's say me as a mindset coach, I, I don't go anywhere near. Um, and so many women need that sort of saving grace or that, that ability for someone to see further into the blood work than just um, margins or ranges, because that's a thing we tend to get from GPs. And it's like, oh, but you're within range or, oh, but this looks okay and this doesn't, but that's good enough. And when you're trying to sort of work out PCOS or HA, you really need someone who knows what to look for versus just a general idea of women's health. Absolutely. And plus, whenever you say within range, all the blood test markers are uh, taken from a sick population. So you are within the range of a sick population. And we're looking for optimal health and optimal hormonal restoration. So that needs to be taken into account when you're working with a professional. So uh, there, there is a slight difference between uh, nutrients requirements and supplements and exercise regime uh, if you're experiencing PCOS versus hypothalamic amenorrhea or different hormonal imbalances. So I agree with you that it's very important to find someone that you trust so that you can follow a proven protocol instead of waiting for a couple of years, trying to get pregnant when it's not happening, hoping for your period to, to come back when, uh, um, when your body is not really capable to do so. And uh, also there is something that I'm so excited to be sharing with you because this beautiful research paper just came out over the past six months. There are actually two research paper. And for the first time, they've started to look at the spiritual side of things, not only on the um, nutrients, um, nutrients components and the, uh, the blood markers uh, when working with women with PCOS and hypothalamic amenorrhea. And this research paper has shown that women that suffer from PCOS, they're scared of their femininity. They're afraid of, of actually um, speaking out loud and uh, being present in a room. And something that I've noticed is that with women with hypothalamic amenorrhea, the femininity has completely been shut down they are completely detached to their feminine self and the masculine energy is very, very present. And even though the masculine energy is very present, still the testosterone level tends to be low. And uh, it can be sometimes quite high with women with PCOS. And I think that that's also something else that you, you normally do not discuss with your GP or with your fertility specialist or endocrinologist but it's so very important to take into consideration. And that's the, the work that we do in the HA community is actually diving deeper into your beliefs and breaking them down. So then you create new behaviors and new thoughts that are gonna allow you to restore your hormonal balance 
not only from a physiological perspective. And that feminine masculine, it's something that it's so unnoticed until you start to bring it back in again. Um, And I'm Mm. talking like the simplest of things. I mean, months ago, we did like a dance challenge as a part of one of the community things. (laughs) And it was so simple. It was like for one minute a day, put on your favorite song and just dance to it. You can do like a teeny tiny dance in your car. You can like sing and dance in the shower. You could dance all the way around the house, but just sort of like giving yourself space to break free and move your body in a way that feels good rather than, you know, whatever method of exercise we choose where it's like a calculated run or a a programmed lift or, you know, everything's very heavy and hard and intense. Um, And it was so beautiful to see the response of, one, we're so lucky that everyone decided to, to join in and actually have some fun with it. And we'd post the songs that we'd listen to and we'd sort of have a laugh at some of the really old ones and we'd find some new music that maybe we'd never heard of before and we've decided that we liked. But the feedback from everyone was like, oh, my God, that was so much fun. Like it felt so nice to just um, break free and to, and, to, and to feel excited. And one of the women went on and booked um, either, I think, think it was a music festival concert tickets or concert tickets because she started dancing she's like oh my gosh like I miss that it's been out of my life for so long I just want to go out and have a dance and there's something so therapeutic in that like it's not just the fact that you dance to a song for one minute it's the fact that you connected to that feminine energy and if any if you really really like the song you really just let go and that's such a powerful thing that often we don't even know we're missing in our lives. Oh, you hit the nail in the head because with women suffering from hypothalamic amenorrhea, fun is not even part of the picture. And there is so much controlling behaviors around the food and the training routine that there is not really that much space for fun. There is no space for spontaneity, which once again is something slightly different uh, compared to women with PCOS. Uh, women that suffer from PCOS, they're more receptive to changing their mindset, to changing their behaviors, because that controlling factor is not as strong mm-hmm. as in women with hypothalamic amenorrhea. And um, mind you, there are different types of PCOS, and some women m- may be slightly overweight, some women may be extremely underweight, and they may present with insulin resistance, they may present with, with inflammation. So, um, PCOS is just an umbrella term and there are so many different imbalances that can, that can happen at the same time. Um, and I don't want to, oh, sorry, I don't want to generalize. Um, I don't want to, sorry, I just completely sidetracked because something popped up on my, on my screen and just told me that I have only 20% left of power. And I was okay, like, oh no, I really hope that I'm going to get to the end of the podcast. We talked way too much before starting the podcast. Um, but yeah, so all I was trying to say is that if you have noticed that you have been controlling your behaviors around food and exercise, that's already an incredible red flag that maybe this US is not you, you know, and there may be something else that needs to be addressed underneath. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess, cause there's a few things you, you could sort of, uses helpful information or feedback when sort of delegating your questions with your medical professional, which is that idea of, you know, something you said earlier that was really powerful. It's women with PCOS tend to have always had sort of irregular cycles or longer cycles that happen to get either 
longer again or the irregularity changes or, you know, some common symptoms of PCOS as well as the added facial hair or cystic acne. Um, like there's some pretty substantial symptoms that come alongside with some of those diagnoses where HA tends to come in more aggressively on the cycle front, as in like you've got a cycle, you've got a cycle, oh, no, you don't. Um, mm. I guess one thing I do find particularly scary about women being misdiagnosed with PCOS is one of the most common things that you Google for PCOS is weight gain, insulin resistance. And yeah. if you've got a woman with an eating disorder or exercise addiction who is afraid of body changes and they've been misdiagnosed with PCOS and PCOS's fixer elixir, according to Dr. Google, is um, eating super clean every couple of hours, exercise a lot, um, it very much feeds into a, a mentality that perhaps isn't actually helpful to someone who's got HA. Because rather Which than is, doing what you yeah. need to heal, you've just added in fear of weight gain, fear of body changes you can't control, and a ticket to say, go exercise as much as you want. It'll make it better. Yeah. And it's and, just like fuel on the fire. And you're following a protocol that is completely disruptive uh, uh, to your own ecosystem. Um, on top of it, that's a very, a very old story. Most women suffering from PCOS, they don't need to exercise to the extreme. They don't need to eat a clean diet. There are still some tweaks and changes that, uh, that needs to be applied, but they don't look the same because, as I said before, some women may or may not present with cystic acne. Others may have inflammation. Others may be slightly um, uh, on, overweight. Others may be slightly underweight. So... Also in that case, uh, the, the treatment needs to be customized. So there is not a cookie cutter scenario, especially for women that present with both, because there are some women also that were part of our community that are still part of our community that presented with hypothalamic amenorrhea and PCOS. Um, first, you need to address hypothalamic amenorrhea because if your body is undernourished and is under stress, it doesn't have the energy to, um, to go back to homeostasis, to go back to healing. After the healing has occurred, then you can start addressing PCOS and dive a little bit deeper on why uh, your body's having such a hard time to restore your hormones. Yeah, thank you for bringing that up because, as you said, it's like there there can absolutely be misdiagnosis, but there can be the two overlapping as well. Mm. And that's where you really do need expert eyes working with you and holding your hand through it so that you can sort of skip through the crap of trying to work it out and actually have a plan that's going to get you to where you want to be or especially just optimizing your health to the best of your ability in a way that is going to help versus that sort of guessing game that gets exhausting and confusing and conflicting and you know all those awful things um but we are running out of time today i could keep talking to you about this topic forever claudia but i just wanted to highlight to everyone who's listening today one thank you for taking the time to listen and two that this whole conversation wasn't about um you know, saying that you, you probably have HA even though you have PCOS or that you can't trust doctors or it's nothing to do with that, but more the idea that it's so important to be thorough and explore things. And what was, I guess, essential to client B's success story was that she got some new information and she was happy to explore it. And thankfully, as a result of that, she has been getting a regular cycle and 
isn't worried about fertility issues or PCOS complications or anything like that. She's just now continuing the mindset work, the nutrition work to keep living a better life. Um, So that was absolutely the intention behind today's discussion is that just be open and receptive to information, explore things, learn things, because it's, it's incredible where you can end up and how quickly you can end up if you're willing to take on advice and and use it. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for clarifying that. And once again, for the women listening to us, don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to stand up for yourself, to ask for a second opinion. And um, a part of the period comeback program on uh, on the first week, on the first section, uh, there is actually a PDF that teaches women how to deal with medical providers. Because as I said in the very beginning, for some reason, uh, when a medical provider gives us a diagnosis, we just take it for granted that they, that's the truth. And that's what we have to, uh, to spend the rest of our life with. And it may not be the case because doctors, professionals, uh, we are all humans. We all make mistakes and we all have our best interest, but we all suffer from anxiety, sleep deprived nights, and maybe some, maybe a provider that had seen you was distracted or had just seen someone else in a very similar situation that had PCOS, mm-hmm. you know, and so it wasn't properly listening to your story. So ask questions, stand up for yourself and um, yeah, check in uh, with, uh, with a couple of different people just to make sure that you got the right diagnosis. So then you can move on with confidence. Um, and I'm pretty sure that all the women from the Czech community like Ashley and like Jess that now have his second trimester already, uh, they were so happy that they did actually ask for a second opinion and they did the correct work so then they could heal their body. Yeah, and it's, um, it's been so much fun, hasn't it? Especially when you start to see the, the tail end of the journeys, which is the cycles are turning and the pregnancies and then the birth stories. Um, Carla, who was on, gosh, many months ago now, she's had her baby now, which is so exciting. And um, Laura's had her baby as well now. And oh, it's just oh, we it's have nice Sheila, watching it unravel. We obviously, we're working with everyone in the moment, but it's like there's also the long-term results of these happy healthy women having their babies and enjoying life and like literally enjoying life not just because of motherhood but because they're you know regardless of having a child or not they're actually out there living um a life that they didn't know was available uh, to them which is really cool I'm gonna say one last thing and then I promise I shut up but there is one thing that I love the most is when those women they send us a message to both of us like months down the track telling us uh, we, I love you both so much because you got me here. So we have been receiving so many beautiful messages from these women that out of the blue, they decided to get in contact with us to simply thank us. I am beyond grateful to have had the opportunity to work with these women and to take them to where they were meant to be. And uh, still now I'm getting goosebumps because, yeah, it's, um, what can I say? It's uh, the best job in the world. It is because it's like the you don't know how good things can be until you allow yourself to get there. So it's nice yeah. being the the helping hand that helps women get Absolutely. there. 
um yeah anyway I'm just going to get all smiling keep reminiscing about things and stories so it's time for me to wrap things up before I get lost in my own little thoughts there but Claudia once again thank you so much for coming on I love our conversations anyone listening if you'd like to know more about the HA community it is a private community on Facebook that has a wonderful group of women who are actively working on their HA recovery and are excited to lead happy healthier lives and obviously it's a project that Claudia and I work on together and we would love to have your involvement but for now Claudia I will speak to you soon and thank you again thank you Jade bye I will leave contact details in the show notes for both Claudia and I if you'd like to reach out and have a chat um, that HA Recovery ebook is also available through the links on Instagram if you want to take a look at those. But thank you so much for being here today. And if you could like, share, or subscribe the podcast, that would be absolutely awesome because the more eyes and ears we have on the It's Fine Game podcast, the more we can help women recovering from HA. Until then, I'll see you next time.